0: Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. One event that is almost at hand is the royal wedding of Prince Henry, also known as Harry, and Meghan Markle. And any number of things could be said regarding this, and there are a great many programs on television, but most of them are focused, all of them, I should say, are focused on comparatively, comparatively, superficial things, not just matters of the wedding gown to be, and the ring, and all of these matters. But other things with regard to the romance between Meghan and Harry. And I'm not going to address any such things but I am going to make a few comments with regard to the royals, the British royal family, and uh, this upcoming event. Briefly. <laughs> Succinctly. Which is unlike me, I know, but towards nearer towards the end of the program. But prior to that, a number of things that I do want to touch on. One, I'm sure you saw or you heard word regarding the president of the United States thanking North Korea, which means thanking Kim Jong-un, the bloody, despotic, vicious, ruthless, exceedingly immoral leader of the family business communist regime enslaving North Korea, thanking him for his pledge to dismantle a nuclear test site and to do so prior to their upcoming summit. I was appalled at it, but not surprised at uh, the president's Remarks, I thought it was altogether too interesting, too fascinating that now, the latest, here in this, this week leading up to the royal wedding, that North Korea has threatened to scrap the summit. I can't help but feel, as I've mentioned previously, that the North Korean puppet regime family business of the Kim gang that they are playing our president. Our president who has an enormous vice of vanity. Very similar to the enormous vice of vanity of George W. Bush. And while William Jefferson, Bill, Bubba, Clinton and Barack Hussein Obama, and so many others, Albert Arnold Gore Jr., while they have massive vanity, for many of them, it is not as much of an Achilles heel as it is for these two, for George W. and and Donald Trump. And... To the point of blinding them. The vanity of these others is only one of their many <laughs> characteristics, and which in fact is less, is subordinate to other things, and does not have a blinding element to it. It motivates them to do evil things as it does with Vladimir Putin, but it doesn't blind their judgment. But with George W. and Donald Trump, I think it absolutely does. And I think Trump here is being played. (laughs) Now he is going to do anything and everything he can to try to salvage the summit, to make sure that the summit does not go by the boards because he has pinned his Nobel Peace Prize hopes to it. And I think Kim Jong-un has him where he wants him, but Kim Jong-un is not the boss man here. He's the boss man over this bloody regime in North Korea. But that being said, North Korea is a satellite slave state of bloody communist China and former Soviet Union, now totalitarian Russia. Meanwhile, a number of major United States businesses which fashion themselves as international businesses and, in fact, have presence worldwide. But they are not loyal American businesses. They are, in fact, for the most part, these are international businesses with an international perspective and worldview. And Gap is the most recent of them, but Gap and Delta Airlines and Marriott, they, Marriott International they have all apologized profusely to Communist China for committing the egregious error and sin of not recognizing territories that Communist China, that the Communist Chinese regime claims are its but which are, in point of fact, not part of communist China. Those areas being the island of Taiwan. A portion, a large portion of Tibet, South Tibet. The totality of the South China Sea. So, What Gap did to get on the wrong side of Communist China and which they have now backpedaled from furiously is that they marketed a T-shirt which had a map of Communist China and which did not display these territories claimed by Communist China as being part of China, of communist China. And so the gap has now gone into full appeasement and obeisance mode to make sure that they don't end up losing business from the communist Chinese businesses, (laughs) ostensibly, you know, free enterprise businesses which are controlled by the communist regime. But they are joining ranks with, again, Delta Airlines and Marriott International, to name but a few, that have found themselves in the same difficulty. Meanwhile, what else is going on over in Asia? Well, May Day, of course, was an event, a holiday, a holy day in which the Soviet Union would parade its military might annually before the world to intimidate the world. And so too, Vladimir Putin, the totalitarian president for life in Russia, who has not declared himself president for life yet. He just engineers that. He is followed with this great display, this great observance, time-honored observance there in the former Soviet Union capital. What else has happened there this month? Well, it just so happens that a couple, that is, two Russian nuclear capable Topolev Tu 95 Bear super bombers, were intercepted off the coast of Alaska. <laughs> by a pair of United States Air Force stealth fighter jets. So this continues. You could call it saber-rattling, if you will, but it's really an exercise. It is a calculated military exercise that Putin's Russia has been engaging in, as has communist China. Air Force, engaging in testing 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 testing, probing American airspace to see what is the response, how rapid is the response, what is the degree of response to a perceived possible threat? it's very benevolent and beneficent i am sure no question of that what else what else could it be meanwhile while the world's attention supposedly is entirely galvanized on the upcoming event in england the gaze of others again is focused elsewhere The gaze of the communist Chinese regime, the gaze of Vladimir Putin's totalitarian regime. When I say totalitarian regime, I am not referring to the Russian people as a whole. I am referring to his gang, his regime. The gaze of Islamists around the world is on Israel, not on England. That isn't to say that they couldn't commit an atrocious terrorist attack over there. They could. They could do the same here in the U.S. They keep trying. They keep probing and testing. They tested and probed prior to committing the terrorist act of September 1st. September 11th, pardon me, 2001. They probed time and again to see what would the response be prior to making their attack. It's terrorism 101 and it's war 101. Preemptive Strike 101, Blitzkrieg 101, to probe and to test defenses to see vulnerabilities and their preparedness, their readiness or lack thereof, their willingness to engage instantly and decisively, or their failure to do so their hesitancy to do so, lest they cause an international incident. Well, the gaze of the Islamists is on Israel. And they used the opening of the United States Embassy in Jerusalem as a firebrand incident. And they used Palestinian... Muslims as cannon fodder to attempt to cause a breach in the defenses of Israel. There were an estimated thirty five thousand Palestinians gathered on the edges, on the border of Gaza, or Gaza if you prefer, when the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem opened, and the Islamist so-called organizers, Hamas, so forth, they vehemently urged those gathered there to burst through the fence, telling them repeatedly that the israeli soldiers were fleeing from those positions even while israeli soldiers were reinforcing those positions and these muslims they threw hail of stones and fire fire kites, and what have you, in order to attempt (laughs) to break through. Israel responded with a very limited amount of fire but that did result in the deaths of some that were caused by the Islamist organizers. Fueling these Muslims to a frenzy, to fever pitch, to break through against Israel into Israel. And of course... The free press around the world has condemned Israel. Far be it from them to ever condemn the Muslims. And every single solitary time that there is an Islamist terrorist attack, be it in Paris recently or wherever it happens to be, Islamist is never referred to. Islamist terror is never referred referred to they may state militants or radicals or such but Islamists Islamist terrorists Islamist terror Islamic terrorists These terms are never used. Islamic fundamentalists, Islamist fundamentalists, never. Never. Muslims, never. No, they're very, very, very careful to always sanitize carefully, very, very carefully sanitize their coverage of these things lest they cast... Islamists in a less than favorable light. I mentioned about loyalty, misguided loyalty, in a previous program, and I saw a story here referencing Kellyanne Conway and attributing something to her that she supposedly said, which she did not say. Far be it from what she said. But it made a gaudy headline. But it was with reference to a very recent leak from the White House. And what got my attention, apart from the story itself, was the story within the story, was what Kelly said. And I respect Kelly, and I think she is one of the best uh, associated with that administration. And she referred to Loyalty. And she said that those who work at the White House should be loyal to the president and his agenda. Loyal to the president and his agenda. Now, apart from, you know, what came out, what was said, what was leaked. This matter of loyalty and what loyalty is and what loyalty should be the problems that this administration has had (laughs) with leaks here and leaks there and leaks everywhere is a personnel problem. And you could say it comes from the top down. Okay? Issues with personnel. With hiring the wrong people. Employing the wrong people. But this matter that loyalty should be first and foremost to a president and to the president's agenda. I understand the desire of presidents going all the way back to seek to surround themselves with people who will do what they are told to do, asked to do, ordered to do, instructed to do. And to do so enthusiastically, wholeheartedly, capably, competently, and so forth. But this matter of my country right or wrong, my commander right or wrong, this military, unquestioning, unblinking, slavish, Obedience is very problematic. It always has been. Especially when those giving the instructions, the directions, the orders are flawed, imperfect, ignorant, vain. Human beings, which is generally the case in the best of situations. (laughs) In the worst of situations, uh, the leaders are evil. (laughs) But in the best of situations, they are very imperfect, as is our current president. Very imperfect indeed. I absolutely Understand and agree that leaking information, sensitive information, sensitive details, so on and so forth, is not permissible, should not be permitted. But again, if you make better personnel decisions, Mr. President, maybe it won't be so much of an issue. But this president and other presidents, and it, I won't bother referencing those whom I view as being evil, but those who are not evil, those who are imperfect, subject to blindness, ignorance, vanity, great deal of egotism, what have you. It is imperative that they receive godly counsel from person or persons whose loyalty first and foremost is to God Almighty and not to the president. But Kellyanne is Roman Catholic, so we have different perspectives on so many things. But again, I do respect her. In the realm of politics, a couple things that are going on. Presidential politics, presidential race 2020. A couple things, well, there are a myriad things going on. But a couple of the things going on are that Barack Hussein Obama is courtesy of Mayor Rahm Emanuel seeking to have an Obama presidential center created, constructed, built in a park in Chicago, in Jackson Park. And there is now a lawsuit that has been filed to block that Well, by all means, we should use public funds that have been extracted from taxpayers to build this edifice to former President Barack Hussein Obama to continually honor him and so forth, and to use public land to give that... (laughs) for this and what have you. It just makes all kinds of sense. But we know that Michelle Obama is not seeking the presidency. She has told us so that she just doesn't desire it. She doesn't want it. She and Oprah Winfrey do not want to become president. They are not seeking it. So we are told. But meanwhile, there are, oh, I don't know. They're guesstimating at least, at least a couple dozen, uh, at least 25 candidates in one story, which showed, again, Kamala Harris of California, junior senator from California, prominently displayed there, <laughs> along with Bernie Sanders and so forth. So she is being pushed. She is being puffed. She is being promoted. And I loved this one quote from her. She has demanded that, quote, we must speak truth, end quote. (laughs) Her entire career and the Democrat Party is based on, founded on, speaking lies and twisting and perverting the truth and manipulating the great unwashing masses and washing masses of humanity in this nation. When they say truth, what they're really referring to is something entirely different. Their vocabulary is different from that of truthful people. Does that mean all Republicans are wonderful truth tellers? No. (laughs) But to rise to political power in the Democrat Party, you do not accomplish that by being a truthful, honorable, honest, God-fearing, God-obeying, God-loving person. You just don't. If you do manage to gain a lower-level position of a congressman or a mayor of less than a major city and you commit the egregious sins of being truthful and honest and honorable, and godly, the Democrat Party will take you down. (laughs) They will campaign against you, and they will get you taken down. That's how things work. Every time there is a display of force and power on this earth, around this world, beyond this world, we hear those things referred to, if they are on this earth, as Mother Nature, Mother Nature. Just as the heathens and pagans have always, among other things, worshipped nature. And if it's in the cosmos and so forth, Then they use different terminology, but again, worshiping the creation and not the creator. Standard operating procedure. And so with regard to these volcanic eruptions on the big island of Hawaii, in Hawaii, we hear it referred to as being nature's wrath. Nature's (laughs) wrath. (laughs) The impersonal becomes personal. Nature's wrath. Nature has wrath about being abused by mankind, I suppose. You'd have to ask those like Prince Philip uh, to get the lowdown on that. But I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever's right, honest, accurate, true, good, good, about this program is thanks to God Almighty and His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is less than what it should be is due to me. Once upon a time, back before the modern state of Israel had been created with... (laughs) the compliance of the United Nations of all things, of course, those behind the scenes were certain it was going to be immediately destroyed and the people annihilated. But back before that, going back a couple millennia now, and then some. Multiple millennia. God Almighty referred to the people in Israel as being his chosen people, the Hebrews, not the others who were there and continued to be there, but the Hebrews as being his chosen people. But that isn't to say that the chosen people honored or obeyed God, worshiped God, Because more often than not, the overwhelming majority did not. And at one point in time, there was a great destruction of the area referred to as Judah, the kingdom of Judah. It was the divided kingdom, and it was the kingdom of Judah. And God Almighty said, for the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he did, and also for the innocent blood that he shed. For he filled Jerusalem with innocent blood. And the Lord God would not pardon that. Now you might think that God's judgment with regard to that, this massive bloodletting and slaughter of babies, of their own babies, there in Judah that God would have acted very swiftly indeed. In truth, There was a very long time relative to our lifespans before the ultimate judgment came. And then there were other judgments, though it wasn't like it was a one time event. But this Manasseh, as evil as he was, remarkably enough, God permitted him to reign longer than any other king over Judah or Israel. Incomprehensibly. But he did. Incomprehensibly to me. And then, after Manasseh had died, then it was more than 55 years before there was any great overthrow. The... Referred to here of this enormous destruction of Judah, more than 55 years. Well, if we go back to Roe v. Wade, Doe v. Bolton, we're talking about a span of time less than that, aren't we? not even factoring in, again, the 55-year reign of terror of Manasseh, but just the 55-plus years after he died before this fell, upon God's people in God's land, God's holy land. So how is it that we imagine that we here in the United States are immune from judgment from God? Only because we imagine, that's all. Only because (laughs) we are so devoid of understanding and of fear of God and of love of God and what have you. You know, our leaders, various leaders going back, back, for instance, to George Herbert Walker Bush, who believed in assembling a great, vast coalition, or going back before that, back to Korea, the Korean War, and United Nations, or then coming forward to George W. Bush and the coalition instead of the United States of America, had to be a coalition of nations. Well, God Almighty, when he makes reference to coalitions in the Bible, it's not favorable. (laughs) There are the coalitions of the evil regimes, kingdoms, and then there are coalitions of those who maybe thought of as, I don't know, just some sort of mushy middle, not really outrageously evil destroyers, but nonetheless, heathen, pagan kingdoms. And when God Almighty referred to overthrowing Egypt, he stated that, The men of the land that is in league with them shall fall with them. This idea that there's this great safety in numbers. You know, we need to assemble this vast coalition or we need to have the most numerous army that we can, like the North Koreans have and the the North Korean communist regime, the Vietnamese communist regime. Now, in India and Pakistan, communist China, vast multitudes that trust in these vast multitudes and the strength of the arm, the flesh of the arm. It was interesting that for many of the great victories in Israel, they were accomplished by small numbers. Not always, but What was key was that those forces were not filled with ungodly ones, anti-godly ones. So we have a great royal event fast approaching. By the time this program airs, that is the date of this royal wedding. Now Harry, or Prince Henry, is only sixth in line in succession to be king of Britain. And if we can get away from the exterior, the external appearance for a minute. There are so many that love to focus on that. Not just from this side or that side, but (laughs) I remember and I hated, I loathed all of these derisive comments made regarding Bill Clinton and Hillary Rodham Clinton and Chelsea about their physical attributes, their physical appearance. I loathed that. Not as much as I loathed Bill Clinton and Hillary Rodham Clinton for the evils that they committed, but I loathed that fixation, this criticism of their physical appearance. It had nothing to do with... what mattered. It had nothing to do with the substance and with the actions that they engaged in, with the evils that they committed. if you go back to Martin Luther King Jr., someone whom I do not greatly respect, but whom supposedly so many who do respect him so greatly just completely trample upon certain things that he said, such as men, that is, men and women, boys and girls, Being respected, honored, if you will, accepted for the content, the substance of their persons, of their souls, of their hearts, their spirits, not being judged by the color of their skin. It's ironic because so very many who would claim to have such great regard for him are so completely, utterly, totally fixated on the color. And it's all about the color. And they will justify evil ones who are black or brown or what have, cream or what have you, because they are men of color and so forth. It's amazing. And it's a complete, utter, total perversion of his message, which, apart from his private behavior and his other things, that message was actually a... Good message. But we have this royal wedding that is fast approaching. And if you can just set aside the appearance of Harry and Meghan for a moment and how they sound. And Harry, despite being viewed as being of something less than high intelligence. He has a good voice and he can speak reasonably well. He's handsome. He's well-built, masculine, manly. Megan, a very spare, live uh, woman, very stylish, very confident in front of the cameras, handles herself extremely easily before audiences with great aplomb and speaks well and has a good personality, as do they both. If you can get past that for a moment and past William and Kate and look at the substance, what substance we can see, then perhaps you have a different take on them and perhaps can be a little less excessively enthusiastically. On one program that I saw there was this quote, quote, never being able to put a foot wrong, end quote. And that was with reference to Meghan Markle, that now that she was joining the British royal family by marrying Harry Prince Henry, that now she was never going to be able to put a foot wrong. She was never going to be able to do anything that was less than perfection, just as, of course, Prince Harry has never done anything short of perfection, (laughs) right? (laughs) Or Prince William, or Kate, (laughs) or Prince Charles, or Prince Philip. Or Prince Andrew, and the list just goes on and on. Never being able to put a foot wrong. What nonsense, what fiction is that? But then the Fab Four, as they are now called, the Fab Four, yes? The Fabulous Four, William and Kate, Harry and Meghan. They are the Fab Four, and they have all come out Publicly, together, in concert, giving their enthusiastic, wholehearted support to the sodomite agenda, the LGBT movement, so-called. The sodomite agenda. Something so utterly perversely wrong and ruinous and a shame and a disgrace to any nation, any people, according to the word of God. But, of course, we have higher authorities than that now, don't we? But they have given their enthusiastic full endorsement and support of this. On one of these programs that I saw, they kept cutting over to this one fellow who is described as a good friend of Prince Harry, Prince Henry, Prince Harry. And he's got the same first name, Henry. I can't remember what the last name was. It may have been even Conway. I don't know. But if he wasn't queer, he was sure doing a bang-up impression of being so. You would have thought he was straight from Queer Eye, or whatever that show was. (laughs) Friend, good friend of Henry. Well, shouldn't we be friends of these people? Shouldn't we be closely associated with those whose life choices and life agendas are utterly, totally opposed to godliness, shouldn't we? Well, Meghan and Harry are quoted as having stated that they are going to change the world. Outstanding. By all means, change the world for the better. But that's not what they're about, they and the totality of the fab Four. even as Prince Philip has not been about that and is not about that. They're going to change the world. But if you can get past the attractive appearances, past the pomp and circumstance, past the laughter and giggles and PDAs, Past the royal finery, to the heart, to the substance, there is something worthy of criticism. But they fit right in with that. I've heard so many misstatements with regard to them and with regard to the royal family. But Queen Elizabeth was referred to as being so religious and she's the head of the Church of England, which is says something about the royal family and the Church of England that a king or a queen would be head of the church, which was diametrically contrary to God's plans and purposes, but the Church of England, the Anglican Church—I haven't kept tabs on him—but one of their archbishops, who again is a you know a heartbeat away from being headman in the church, utterly, completely, totally apostate and referred to the resurrection of Jesus Christ as being a conjuring up of bones and what have you. Oh, but it's great religious trappings and finery and all that. And here on this one program, they referred to it as being totally different from Roman Catholicism, which Megan uh, was raised Roman Catholic, and then they also saw that she was supposedly raised Jewish, and there are all kinds of things floating around out there, but she attended a Catholic girls' school for many years, for seven, eight years. But the idea that the Church of England, the Anglican Church, is supposedly worlds apart from Roman Catholicism is such utter nonsense. But I digress. As time continues on here in the near future, in this brave new world, the final regime on this earth will take power peaceably. The final king, and I don't mean of the British family, but will take power peaceably. And shall wield great power, but not his own. And by peace shall destroy many. And shall use great craft. And you could say there's going to be a vast coalition. Because there are going to be ten so-called kings. And then three of them will be overthrown by another one. There will be eight kings. And that one that does the overthrowing will be top dog, top man. But they will commit great evil and the final evil that they will have the opportunity to do with their vast coalition encompassing the entire earth, including the United States of America, will be to invade israel i'm brad thomas and this is after all is said and done after all is said and done then we will know won't we but perhaps we can know now if we choose to thank you